Hey everyone, welcome to episode 37 and happy Valentine's Day and happy belated Galentine's Day. Something I didn't realize existed up until yesterday, but if you're a female and you're sick of hanging out with the guys, well, head out for Galentine's Day next year and put it on your calendar for the 13th. That way you make sure you go out and have fun with your girlfriends. I've never heard of that. Ah, uh, you know, something <laughs> out there each time. So hopefully love abounds in your world no matter who is in your life and that you have the realization that God loves you always and unconditionally. No better love than that. Last week, we talked about generous generosity. I invite you to go back and check that out because we decided that God is trying to help us realize that when we live our lives out in the spirit of generosity, we begin to connect with heaven and the way his kingdom works. That message was by Jeff Sinkmani, who's here today. You can find it at hospitalchurch.org. Click Sermons, select Archives from the dropdown, and the Generous Life series, and that was the final episode. That was really a great one all the way around, so don't miss that message. So, on to this week, and special guest speaker, Daryl Toll, who is President and CEO of Florida Hospital. This is the second time in the last at least 12 months that Daryl has spoken here mm -hmm. at the Hospital Church on a message of inclusion that used some extreme tales of exclusion to paint a picture of who we do really don't want to be, in some cases, to show us who we do want to be. And he started out with the church has work to do, and churches are about relationships. And I don't know who the quote was from, but I thought it was interesting. Every relationship is a power struggle, and the person who wins is the person who loves the other one least? I thought that was interesting. Anyone want to care to interpret that personally? or <laughs> I think if I had a degree in... Counseling and psychology, I, 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 would, I would speak up, but since Jeff does, I'll pass that to him. Yeah. Well, I, and, I don't, and I don't necessarily agree with it. I heard him say it, and I think that's how most people would uh, define, okay. define that. But I'm not sure if it, if it goes that way. I mean, I shouldn't say I'm not sure. I don't think it goes that way in God's kingdom. I really don't. Um, the power plays, if you're in it for control. Yeah. Then, um, then yeah, I think they're the one who wins. Now, I, I guess you could say, well, before I guess you could say, what does winning mean? Yeah, in, in that context, are you? Is that what the relationship is for? So anyway, the 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 whole idea that I see in this is that if you're truly trying to win, whether a negotiation or a control or a power play, then yes, that would hold true because the one who Loves the most is the one that's going to give of themselves the most. I guess you get more skin it. in the game. Yeah. So he, he may have been thinking about just culture at large. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I, I I shouldn't say I disagree with that. I guess if that's what you're truly in the relationship for, then that that probably holds true. Yeah. That was really in preface to. I mean, he talked about some pretty gruesome historical details mm -hmm. and the Rwandan genocide, and you know the pastor's response to someone basically saying, you know, pray for us, save us, you know. We're here at this compound. We we need you. We're 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 putting our hope in you. And his response was, "You must be eliminated. God no longer wants you." And I, I when he said that, I was kind of waiting for the follow up. Like, no, 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 that's not what he really said. I was just yeah. I was just messing with you. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's not the case. And that's yeah. not the case. And I'm thinking to myself, these are some of the harshest words one could imagine from anyone. Let, I mean, let alone a pastor, and yet I think, you know, probably we all have stories where we experienced personally, you know, something similar, whether that be from just even a church member, not necessarily a pastor, and we could probably supplant that rank of like the worst thing we've ever heard from someone of faith in our minds, whether it's rational or not, but when it's you, it 
kind of hits home even well, harder. It was not. It was not his point of his sermon on inclusion, which was a great, great message. Um, but but hearing him talk about that, you know, the, the reality is, and it's really it's really hard in in any denominational structure. It, it's easy to become loyal to an organization or loyal to a church, yeah. even even to a local congregation. Um, and if if our if our primary loyalty or our following is an organizational structure, it it will disappoint us and it will hurt us, and there'll be pain involved. And yet, if but if we but if, if our following is Jesus and our attachment is to Jesus, he, he's not going to do that to us. Right. Uh, that's not. That's never going to happen to us. And so I think it's, even even that wasn't the point of his sermon at all. Right. As I meditate upon that passage of his sermon, I think. That's just a good reminder that our anchoring has to be in Christ alone. Uh, that's where our anchor is. It's not in. The, it's not into a group of people. It's not into an organization. It's not into a structure. It's yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just going to say. Is that it doesn't matter if that uh, organizational structure is corporate or personal no. because it's cliques or it's denominations mm-hmm. or it's companies or whatever. And and that's Mean Girl syndrome. I mean, it can be yeah, anything. Yeah. Yeah. And and I thought about it though because I'm thinking if you watched the sermon or listened or you were in in house. It's hard to get past that one part of it and go, man, because I, I found myself not listening to the next three or four minutes. I had to go back. I wasn't there because I was sick, but I found myself online having to go back and listen to it like three times to go, what about that? And, and again, I think like what you just mm-hmm. described, what he was trying to – the message to get across, but that was something that you kind of had to digest before you could move on yeah. and, and and find out what was what was next. And It, it was a – it was a – it was a powerful lead-in, though, in terms of the the way in which tribalism and the way in which we think of our little our our little groups that we belong to. And I think I think Christ, when I, matter of fact, it kind of brought up this whole idea when I matter of fact, it kind of came around. I'm thinking, wow, that kind of hits what Christ said in terms of um, you know I didn't come to bring peace; I came to bring a sword. If you look at it this way, you start to realize that there isn't anything whether it's your tribe or your family or anything you decide you want to make as a an entity that you're going to now say this is who I am this is my identity and it trumps you know something else in this case it trumped their own ability to say who Christ really was and how he acts out his character in their lives and so god you know that's what Jesus says to us he says to us hey look this is going to be real life for you. You're going to have to make these hard decisions. Yeah. And when a, a situation like what happened with the Hutus and the Tutsis, that was a hard decision that that pastor did not make. Right. right. Yeah, and he passed. He passed. Yeah. And he and he failed. Well, and I think that goes into what you're talking about is essentially um, we always hear actions speak louder than words. And essentially their actions were way worse than the words oh, that he spoke. My, yes. Oh, yeah. And then I, I took that to me as applying, okay, I'm not in Rwanda and I'm not in that situation and I'm not passing on something so huge. And who knows, maybe I'd have made the same decision and been horrible at it. <laughs> but every day we're in that we're, – we're doing no better mm-hmm. if, we're, if we're not really taking care of our actions and oh, making yeah. sure that everything is walking hand in hand and, and living some kind of balance in all this. Well, and and it should it should permeate our life. It should it should not only keep us balanced. It should help us understand our priorities when we deal with people who don't uh, have the same politics as we do, or somebody who doesn't have 
the same religious uh, faith you know group that we have or or whatever it might be we can put ourselves in a lot of different tribes well it's interesting it's it's a, it's a lot like the the owner's preference i forget i think it has a different name that once we buy something and it's ours on our shelf yeah we yeah. We, we give it more value than it really is worth yeah, uh, because we own because it. we own it now. because we own it now, yeah. and, and there's there's that there's that prejudice of belonging that is just huge. If you're if you're standing with a group of guys who all drive Chevys and a guy drives up in a Ford, you know, <laughs> let or it begin. If you're, but if you're standing with a group of guys that all drive Fords and a Chevy drives up, yeah. and it's like really you're gonna you're gonna have these nastinesses over. Ford and Chevy. Uh, even I mean, everybody knows that Chevy's better. But that, <laughs> uh, sorry, you Ram guys, you're getting no love from Andy. Um, well, he 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 said people choose their tribe over their God. It happens all the time. Yeah, and that our churches are vulnerable. So, what would you say, like, just from our perspective here in our community of Florida Hospital Church? What's our biggest area of vulnerability when it comes to this? I and I, I, I want to say something that we, I'm sure will be misunderstood. I'll, <laughs> oh, I'll good, I there. like these. Um, we get a chance to clarify now. But yeah, because we we tend we tend uh, to complain about the denomination affiliation sometimes and the weight the weight of some of their peculiarities and pulling at us and that kind of thing. But really, with, within our church, there's there is in our, in our local congregation, uh, there can be. Uh, tribalism over pride of of, of opinion, uh, right. what we think about how we do church versus how somebody else may do church, you know, and or um, there, there's there's all there's all kind of subtle ways in which we're pulled toward uh, comparisons for differentiation for feeling better about oneself than others. Yeah, as opposed to differentiation for some po- positive purpose <laughs> of some kind. Well, and it seemed like the longer he talked, it kept coming back to me was as we choose our tribes, which we're all going to do. Oh, yeah. One way or the other. I mean, whether you're choosing the That's right part other, of life. Yeah, nothing wrong right. with tribes. Yeah. Right. right. But it, it correlates like hand in hand with, I believe, our picture that we have of ourselves and who we think we are. So, I mean, how would that change if we chose our tribes based on how God sees us? And you know, would that make us immune from falling prey to the power struggle if we were able to do that? It would, wouldn't it? Yeah, I, I, I guess. I, I just <laughs> it, it, the, the human nature so much wants to rule. Um, we we want to be in charge. We want to have the say. We want our way. We are we are in inherently selfish. <laughs> I'm sorry to be negative now. Aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, but, but 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 we that that pull is really strong. To to get to get my way, right? And tribalism is just a means to that end. So if I join with this clan, if I'm part of this clique, if I'm in this in group, if I if I get on this floor of, of the of the office building, if I you know, then then I can get what I want. Well, I and I think too, as a result of of those negative feelings, what happens is is we do tend to project onto others, sometimes those feelings of inadequacies and so on forth. So if we can find somebody who doesn't, if I can, especially if I can get some kind of uh, alignment with somebody else and we can collaborate against another group and, and now I can devalue them. And the, like this person's um, letter saying, not only are, do you need to be eliminated, but God doesn't want you. So now yeah. he's, he's telling them what God thinks of them. 
And I think that's the part, we, you know, we may be, be a part of a tribe and we even may like our tribe, but as soon as we say my tribe not only is a good tribe, but my tribe is, is better than your tribe and your tribe is devalued and we're going to try to devalue you uh, because of who you belong to. And that's the part that, that, that is going against how God asks us to see other people. Because he says, I value all of them. That's why when we say, whose side are you on? And God says, I'm on your side. That means yeah. mm-hmm. everyone, yeah. Yeah. all children of God are on his side. And, and really oftentimes people will push us toward joining a tribe because they want to know whose side we're on. And, yeah. and, and they find it very difficult when you paradoxically can say, well, I'm on your side and I'm on your side. Yeah. <laughs> and those are opposite sides. And that's hard for people to realize. Jeff, Jeff this reminds me a little bit of... Um, in uh, Catherine Schultz TED oh, Talk, yes, the... when she talks about how when we see a person that doesn't see it the same way we do it, we first we just think, well, they're an idiot, you know? Yeah. Why can't they see it like I see it? I mean, it's they, obvious. They, you know? <laughs> then when we discover that they're smart and that they have the same amount of facts that we do and they're not ignorant, then we think, well, they're they're just what? What's the next well, one? Well, um, actually, the first one is they're just misinformed. Oh, misinformed. That's right. right. Misinformed. And then the second one, they're idiots. <laughs> and and, and then, the, then they become evil. Yeah. Right. They're, they're actually taking that position because they want to do damage. Right. And it's like we, we impu- you know, impugn all that on them very quickly at, when the reality is that, that none of it may be true. That piles on. That does. That piles on really quickly. Uh-huh. But given what you just said, I mean, then how do we advance with like with each other, not against each other, not taking tribal you know sides and theories and whatever <laughs> else gets thrown in there, without the competition and all the supporting baggage of comparison living? I mean, he he brought that out pretty brilliantly. Without God, the with part. I mean, that's impossible, right? I mean, how do we work in our relationship to know what we need to change and what we're projecting onto other people and realize our shortcomings in the power struggle all at the same time? That seems like a lot to put on one person's plate to get all figured out mm-hmm. and not be this tribal crazy person. Yeah. Well, I think Philippians, too, has a good hint at it when Paul says, consider others better than yourself. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I hate it when the answers are so easy but so hard. That's so hard. But I mean – but. You no, know, he says, "Let that mind be you," which is also in Christ Jesus. You know, he was willing to set himself aside for other people. And when you really, when you really look at each person we meet and think about, okay, how can I consider this person better than myself? Yeah, you know, not 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 necessarily that they're more gifted or they're more talented or they're more or they're smarter or whatever the, the comparison is, but just how do I consider? How do I give them consideration better than I give myself consideration? Yeah, that's that's you know that, that's a, that's gracious living to be able to do that. See, I, I think that sets us up um, for doing the right the right kind of work because I don't think God is, and I love the visual. I mean, He gave the visual of this door being open, and Christ opened it for all people. And so, if I think that I'm that I am not the end all, if I'm if if I'm if I stop my battle of trying to convince everybody that I'm on the right side, yeah. and if I stop my efforts of trying to get that kind of validation and affirmation, then all of a sudden I get a chance to figure out what I'm really supposed to be doing. And that is that I get a chance to, to proclaim, much like what Daryl mentioned, I get to proclaim to people, hey, 
the door is open for, and it doesn't matter. Christ is not setting up these petty little sides of saying, you know, like, uh, well, whose side are you on? Are you on the, the conservative side? Or are you on the liberal side? Are you on the side that wants celebration? Are you not on this? And yeah. Christ is saying, no, all of that, label? all of, yeah, all of that is, those are just labels of that you decided that you wanted to give to each other. Those are all tribes. But what I'm saying is I'm saying the door is open for all. And the only ones that you should go to work against and try to work on are those people that are trying to keep the door closed mm-hmm. on all those people. Yep. That's our work. And that's, that's, and that's the, that's really the side. It's just those people that are trying to close off God's grace as opposed to those that are trying to really trying to get into the door and, and accept it. Well, and this all reminds me, we're quickly running out of time and there's way more that we could go into this on, but it kind of reminds me of uh, the baptism die to self argument that used to be so pervasive. Well, you know, I saw so-and-so, let me pick your sin. They were smoking. Well, how can we baptize them? I mean, oh my goodness, they truly haven't died to <laughs> self because they're still harboring this sin. That's, you know, and then rate that sin where you think it, you know, it doesn't require, you know, shouldn't, well, are we ready? Are we not ready? Be real proud. And then we're okay. saying, those non-smokers are saying, God doesn't really want you. Right, no. <laughs> yeah. But how do we as a church, given that we want to make Jesus biblically attractive, not attractive in any other way mm-hmm. other than what the Bible tells us, but still meeting each and everyone that we serve as a church and as a body of Christ on their journey as an equal and valued member wherever they're at, that, that seems to be the challenge. Yeah, and, and, and the challenge is, hooks back to this fatal flaw in almost all religious thinking, that we want to weave some thread of self-accomplishment into our salvation, yeah. And w- but once we once we get that thread out, and I realize there's no self accomplishment in my salvation. Yep. I can be really gracious with you. There's none in yours either. And so, you know, we're all rotten. God saves us. This is really a good deal. <laughs> I like it. Well, we are uh, we are out of time, and I just want to direct you to the church mobile app and check out the FHC takeaways. There was three of them, and there were some really good ones there. That and one I wanted to highlight real quick. I know that there are things that keep me from seeing certain other people as whole. How do I recognize these in myself and change mm-hmm. my perspective? I would love to, if anyone has thoughts, you can totally remain anonymous on that. And we wouldn't uh, obviously broadcast your name if you didn't want it to be, but would love to hear your thoughts on that and some of the struggles that go into that. And so as we wrap this up, uh, this message was simple in its premise, love versus sin. Love makes us inclusive, sin exclusive, keeping the door open and proclaiming it versus the door being closed. But the components that make up the countless avenues that our human depravity can take and rejecting the difficult for the easy and remaining in the status quo of comparative and competition, love and acceptance is mind-boggling. At least it is to me anyway. Daryl wraps up that call for love and action in a couple sentences that I thought really just wrapped it up nicely. He said, what if there is a remnant at the end of the world who will love their neighbors and love their God without boundaries, without family boundaries? without religious boundaries, without national boundaries? What if it is about embracing our neighbor and shouting from the mountaintop that the tribe of God is open? What if? That last little bit was a paraphrase. But uh, go back and check that out. You can do that by going to our website, hospitalchurch.org. You can send your thoughts on the takeaway and any other thoughts directly through the mobile app. Go to media and the podcast tab, and right there you can text or email us. All new episodes are available Wednesday to Wednesday. If you want to go back to the archives, you can do that through iTunes or hospitalchurch.org slash podcast. Uh, next week or this upcoming week is Andy. So we started a two-part series. I'm doing the first one, and then John Mundy is doing the second ah, one. Excellent. And it's called Milk and Meat. Ooh, milk and meat. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, so until episode 38, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we will see you then.